feature presentation. Welcome back to another untitled streaming review. I am one of your hosts, Matt Rohrbeck, alongside, he's allergic to tomatoes, but he is tomato meter approved, Eric Marchin. Feeling marvelous today, Matt. Just marvelous. We're back, baby. It's been a little while. We've said this on every review and piece of content that we've done, but we uh, always stayed at least like a hundred dollars in uh yeah, we should just make that our theme song for the little while. Um yeah, we've been off and on for the last month and a half, two months. Uh probably in be- in between Moon Knight, the end of it and the beginning of Ms. Marvel. Uh you know, we took a little bit of a forced hiatus. Um whether it was Eric had COVID, I had COVID, wedding stuff going on, a bunch of different things. We had little things here and there Chippendale, um uh you know, another Marvel movie with Doctor Strange. Um, but we've been kind of off, but I'm excited to be back. We need a time to really recover from the, uh, gravitas that is Anson Mount really. Yeah. 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 Uh, we're back in the Marvel studios, uh, mindset as today we are reviewing spoiler free, uh, the first two episodes of Ms. Marvel, uh, which is premiering on Disney plus on June the 8th. Uh, Wednesday, June 8th. And then uh, it's a wild time. We're getting, there's so much TV right now, especially when it comes to big um, popcorn entertainment stuff and super, yeah, some superhero stuff. And you got the boys right now. You have Obi-Wan streaming. Obi-Wan and Miss Marvel are going to be on the same day on Wednesdays, which is just too much almost. You got to get up at, you know, here on the East Coast at like six in the morning if you don't. I thought they, they were doing it, it like, at like um, Obi Wan was going to be like at before midnight. Now we're at. They midnight. only did that for the first couple episodes, and then uh, they went Fools. back to the three a.m., twelve a.m. on the West Coast, three a.m. here on the East Coast. But anyways, Miss Marvel, June eighth. Uh, I believe it's the first two episodes, right, that they're dropping on that day, or is it just the first one? Look at us, well informed. We should, we should know. Anyways, we're reviewing the first two episodes, spoiler free, just basically our first impressions of the show. If you've listened to one of our streaming reviews before, when we're only covering a few episodes, we're not going to give it a numbered score or anything like that. We're just going to kind of talk about how we felt about those first couple episodes um, and how excited we are for it moving forward. So Eric, we've had um, a little bit of time now. I mean, um, Dr. Strange came out, uh, May 6th, right? The beginning of May. Yeah. And it's um, coming out on Disney plus June 22nd. June 22nd. Yep. Um, the day before my wedding. So yeah. I can squeeze in one viewing. Before you got to see Anson Mount again. On Disney um, plus. <laughs> and then, uh, Moon Knight just finished about, uh, around the same time, right? I think it was the same week as the, um, premiere of Dr. Strange. So we've had and a it month feels off- longer for us as well. Not that we're like, we're, we're gloating or anything, but because we saw those first what four episodes so early that it it does take more time to catch up and then when you kind of get back on it it does feel even longer in terms of like that that period of time of watching uh, the first four to the final couple of episodes and then getting to the next thing and then in between all that we've we've already gotten trailers for uh, Thor Love and Thunder, a new trailer that kind of reveals Christian Bale's gore, the God Butcher. And, and then we've also, got two trailers, which we haven't talked about since we've recorded. And then recorded. She-Hulk, Attorney at Law, yeah. which is going to be the next series, which is going to be in August. So mm-hmm. there, even though we haven't gotten um, anything between Doctor Strange and Moon Knight, we still have gotten a lot of Marvel content, you know, in terms yeah, of previewing uh, what's to come. 
Yes, absolutely. As I'm looking up if the first two episodes are premiering. Uh, Eric, let's kick it over to you. What did you uh, think of these first two episodes of Ms. Marvel? Well, again, you know, to preface this with having just watched, you know, Moon Knight uh, not too long ago and even Stranger Things season four, I found this to be a breath of fresh air, a light easy enjoyable watch that never overstays its welcome um the lead in this show uh amon um volani uh, is incredible uh on this show she toronto's th- own markham right yeah. um she I just is lump it all together it's easier the greater gta <laughs> she really does put the can con and kamala con but at the same time you feel that like this bit of casting is on par with some of the best of the Marvel studio stuff. Like I think she's right up there with Robert Downey Jr. in Iron Man in terms of her ability, her effortless kind of quality in the performance of being a high schooler. And, and I almost feel that this, like for anybody that was critical of Spider-Man, no way home, not being like homecoming, um, this kind of feels closer to, to those first, yeah. those first two Spider-Man movies, yeah, where absolutely. the animation style is very bombastic. It's it's a high school vibe. It's it's hyper stylized and kinetic, but it works because it's from the perspective of a teenager, Kamala, you know, yeah. a, a teenager who you know is a Pakistani American living in Jersey City, who is kind of, um, you know always being sort of put upon by her parents who are overprotective, but at the same time really do love her. And then also kind of her making decisions of what she wants to do with her life and also being an avid, uh, I was going to say comic book fan, but in this, this, this Marvel is reality. fan girl. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and so like even the Avengers fan girl. Yeah. yeah. So like one of the episodes takes place at Avenger con and like there's stuff there that I think we could get into sort of nitpicking in terms of sure. what, the character is allowed to do and what she isn't allowed to do and why certain characters like her mother specifically is so guarded with her, which is kind of, again, I don't know if it's, it's maybe a cultural thing that's kind of going over my head a little bit. I think so. Yeah. But, but I do feel like the things that she's into are the things you would want your, your child to be into. Like she's not, you know, drinking or doing drugs. She's not getting into trouble. She's into history within the context of this universe world. But I can also see it of being like known as this, like, you know, the Avengers, I think are still a divisive. I know they saved the universe at this point and they're all hailed as heroes, but it's almost as something as silly as going back to when we were kids of, of certain people I knew not being able to uh, like Power Rangers or stuff with violence, right? But so Power like, Rangers were like, real though. Like in this I know, world, but, these characters are real. Sure, know? but it's like us idolizing like too. the army or something like that, right? Yeah. I don't know. Like it, I, I, I just think of like I could see some, whether it's cultures or parents or, or something like that, viewing it as these violent people kind of thing. Like we don't – you shouldn't idolize these, these people even if they save the universe because like I feel like even – you know, in the history of the MCU, the Avengers have done a lot of good, but the whole thing about Civil War, which I know you're not a huge fan of, but like I like how they build in that the Avengers don't only do good things. They ultimately help in the end and, and probably save the universe or the world or whatever, but there's a lot of collateral damage and bad things that they do. So I, I understand that standpoint. Sorry, keep going. Yeah. And, and, and again, like I think 
the strongest stuff comes from the character interactions. Kamala also has a, a best friend named Bruno who we can talk about. We can talk um, about him. Yeah. And he's kind of almost like her cosplay cue in a lot of ways. Like, and, yeah. and there's this interesting relationship that's there. Um, you know, they actually bring in a lot of conversation about, the historical backdrop of Pakistan specifically and what went on in, in Karachi and sort of colonialism. And, and there are elements there where it's like, Oh, this is, this is interesting because it is trying to be authentic. Even if there are, you know, some people will say that there's too much virtue signaling or something like that. Mm, but yeah. I think that there, I think that there is enough there culturally, but also at the same time, you know, we had criticisms with moon Knight and how it incorporates sort of, um, social commentary into uh the storyline mental illness specifically with yeah. Moon Knight. here there's some stuff with terrorism and the fbi and references to sort of um you know uh security homeland security and things like that that might be a little bit tricky for a show like this that is a marvel-based show that's like you know certain groups are spying on mosques and stuff like that that's kind of yeah. like it's 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 tough terrain when yeah. you are looking at this as entertainment first and foremost, and you know it also being a superhero show. So so but far, I think it, the ca- it, the crew and the cast involved. I've been think, very like, respectful, yeah, and yeah. and and again, like it's not it's not going out of its way to do something that will you know offend but at the same time you know you, you have to bring these things up. I think totally. my I think my one my biggest nitpick is that. So the the mom in this situation is very protective of her daughter that to the point where she doesn't want her to go out anywhere. Um, she's trying to uh, get her driver's license, uh, Kamala, and she wants to go to this Avengers Con event in the first episode. This isn't really spoiler because you've seen stuff of, of that in the trailer. Um, the thing I found a little bit weird was that you have this scene where the parents are kind of like, okay, you know, like we're doing this for your own good. We don't want you, you know, getting mixed up with the wrong people or, or, yeah. you know, something bad happening to you. But then the next scene, it's her at Bruno's place and Bruno lives uh, above this um, convenience store. And it's, got it's a dope at, apartment. It's, it's at night. They're alone on top of the rooftop. And it kind of feels like, okay, well you had this whole thing about like, you have to Not be careful going out at night, but exactly. And she going bikes everywhere. Yeah. And so it kind of felt like yeah. that was a little bit weird as well. And I understand. And they're that, also yeah. not supervised because I don't know like what Bruno's home life is. is seems is like, like he either. lives by himself. Yeah, it seems like it. And then um, there was some weird uh, editing there too at Bruno where he was like, it was night and then it was day where Kamala was. And then it was night again when she met up with him. And I'm like, I couldn't figure out the, the timeline. Anyways, that's just nitpicky stuff. Um, I really loved these first two episodes. Like, I agree with you that it was this breath of fresh air, not only for some of the TV I've been watching lately, um, but also just the MCU. Like, it feels uh, not lower stakes, but it feels a little bit more personal, whether it's exploring Kamala's culture or her home life. And just this kind of, it's something I've always loved about Spider-Man, that high school vibe of that friendly neighborhood kind of superhero like nothing feels like world ending right now or or too like obviously it's very cosmic we'll get into her powers and different things like that even though they haven't really explored that too too much yet but 
Um, and then she's just so incredibly charming. Like Amon Vellani, like I think absolutely crushes it. And uh, I kind of believe her as Kamala Khan instantly, uh, instantly fall in love with her and her group of friends and, and how she is at school and just kind of their outside life of school, her home life. I thought her relationship with her brother was awesome. I love that kind of disconnect between the generations of, you know, um, of these people who immigrated into the US and then each generation gets a little bit more American, right? But then they still have all this history and past and culture that they've inherited from their parents. And I feel like the show- And also there's conflicts within that too, right? exactly. And then that's what I really love is like- is that conflict and and that uh, examination of that and of being a Pakistani American and and being a young woman and how her and her brother are very different from her parents, but it's still very important to them of their religion and their history and and their culture and and bringing that into something that feels so refreshing into the MCU. And then uh, on top of that, the the style of the show I think just completely works. Like it, uh, it, it reminded me of things, obviously, of recent memory of of turning red is very like they're very similar in being about young women and and um and their families and and things like that and And also having powers yeah and and a power um, that maybe someone else within the family knows something about but they're not revealing it very similar to turning red and that maximalism kind of like in your face stylistic kind of um flourishes throughout the whole thing yeah it's very similar to turning red but then obviously mitchell's versus the machines scott pilgrim um spider-man into the spider-verse and then you already mentioned homecoming as well like it really reminded me of that the the comedy and the vibe of that first spider-man homecoming movie and then um the stylistic flourishes that reminded me of those movies that i just mentioned like i thought they were so well done in the sense of like being almost completely um in the background and didn't feel like the way that they represent text messages and and how um uh kamala is feeling and stuff and how it's represented on screen like it never feels like obnoxious or kind of too much like it always feels organic and whether it's using you know text bubbles like on the thing or how murals in the background will move with with Kamala's narration or what she's talking about and like I just found myself completely engrossed with both the style and the lead character and then on top of that it's very MCU as well like there's references galore obviously the Avengers con Kamala is an Avengers fangirled much like all the people watching these these shows and movies are so i feel like that instantly makes you connect with her because she idolizes ms mar or uh, captain marvel and iron man and hulk and and you get all these references her friends dressing like tony stark cosplaying and it's just funny or bruce and banner like, and- or bruce banner and things like that and like it's just it was so delightful and then i just felt like it was just i had a smile on my face the whole time there wasn't even in these first two episodes, like really a a villain or even like a big conflict that she was dealing with. It was just Kamala getting her powers and, and trying to understand that those, and then also dealing with her home life and her friends. And I just thought it was like really awesome. These first two episodes. Yeah. It's, it's all about sort of the minor conflicts that are bigger when you are from the perspective of a kid, because your, your, your worldview, you know, is somewhat, um, askewed when you're, when you're younger, right. You know, like the big conflict is not being able to go to a party because your parents say no, or not being able to drive somewhere because you don't have your license yet. You know, these are relatable everyday conflicts that 
make this world being kind of more grounded in how the stories are being told. And even just the idea of fandom from the point of view of a person of color and what that means to somebody and how they see themselves and, you know, the confidence that they get of, you know, being a part of the fandom and being accepted and also thinking to themselves that, you know, do they belong and where do they belong? Because, you know, there's even a great conversation between her and her friend about, you know, ethnicity and, and, you know, whether one group accepts you or doesn't. And the other one is the same way where there's kind of this divide. And I think that that is, is really great. And like what I love to your point with, there's no real antagonist in the first two episodes, the real antagonist is colonialism yeah. uh, and the British, which again, like historically speaking, it, it, it brings in enough to kind of, you know, educate you. But if you want to learn more about it, like actually spend some time looking at like what happened in, in that period that they're referencing, but it is a good kind of like, you know, introduction. And I, and I think the, the thing that makes this also um, a much more accessible watch than say moon Knight is that, kids can watch this. I think that it's not too violent in the way that Moon Knight does have some very graphic imagery. And I mentioned this in the tweet, uh, in in my reaction tweet, is that it reminded me of something that you would have watched on Nickelodeon or YTV in the mid to late 90s, early 2000s. Something that maybe wouldn't be on at like, say, um, eight or nine, but something that would be on like in the zone sort of prime time after programming school, after school, yeah. like something like uh, the secret world of Alex Mack or yeah. the adventures of, of Shirley Holmes, like something yeah. like that. It has that kind of quality that, I mean, I guess like even something like Ben 10, even though I, I'm not really that familiar with it, but like it has that kind of style, but it's, it has a much more bigger budget. Bigger budget um, yeah. I, I also like, again, that Marvel is incorporating more sort of cultural resonance within the MCU. We've seen it with Shang-Chi. We've seen it with Black Panther. We're now seeing it uh, with Ms. Marvel and and Moon Knight. Um, I also kind of find it interesting and weirdly comical that characters are now getting powers through, you know, um, rings or bangles. Magical bangles. Yeah. Yeah. Like I will, I will, if, if, if Namor gets his power from a puka shell necklace, I will yeah, give that it. movie five stars. Yeah. Um, but it is just it just is interesting how like sort of artifacts and ancient objects are also in history, right? In history yeah. are kind of it be now being incorporated in sort of revisionist history, even and sort of how we see things and how we perceive see things differently through the eyes of somebody else and sort of have that empathy towards somebody who experiences it from a different point of view. And and again, talking about fandom being accepting, you know, we'll, we'll probably talk about this on the regular show. If we do a review of Obi-Wan, like there's been a lot of conversations, like the way that like toxic fandom has been with Star mm-hmm. Wars and how that has become more of a problem when it comes to liking something. But I think that this is actually tackling some of those issues within this storyline. And like you mentioned, I really loved uh, her brother and their relationship yeah. and almost him kind of being weirdly like a second dad because he's much older than, than yes. her and, and like just that. And, and understanding American culture a little bit more and just like being a younger person in, in today's day. And but also and the divide like because and he's like, a male. Yeah. Right. And yeah, like, that's and true. He too, gets away with more and more because of that. Yeah. That's a great point. Yeah. yeah. And I love your point about the Nickelodeon and YTV thing. Cause like I never, 
made that connection. But right when you said it, I completely understood what you were saying. And it's, and I, we mean that as a compliment because I feel like saying that might sound like, oh, that means it's corny or cheesy or, and it, it, it does have elements of that, of being a sort of a kid's show. Uh, and it's not a kid's show. It's still an, very much an MCU movie show kind of thing. Like, I still think if you love the MCU, you're going to find a, a lot to really, really like in this. And, um, but it does have that kind of early two thousands kind of vibe of something I, we would have watched after school. And, and that's so awesome for the MCU. And I feel like that's in what we love most is when they branch out and kind of find these subgenres to tackle. And even though this is still very much a, a superhero show and, it's going to go, it's an origin story and all that stuff. It's going to have those beats, but like it's finding a way to differentiate itself and whether it's through, you know, the cultural aspect or from a different kind of, okay, we're going to make this a little bit more for kids, but it's, it's still going to be accessible to everyone. And then going back to Kamala's powers and like, we've mentioned it, like it's just her dealing with like kind of getting these powers and just kind of like what's going on in her life. It's not like a big thing that's happening where the she world's has to not stop ending. It. They, and I'm sure it'll yeah. get to that point or like something a little bit bigger than what's happening now. Well, it'll like, lead into the Marvels, um, right? Like that yes. kind of feels like that's like, that'll be the bridge between Ms. Marvel and the Marvels is that she'll be recruited and become a part of the Avengers and a part of the team. And that's where yeah. like, you know, her neighborhood, her city, her community gets even bigger in the way that she even talks about Captain Marvel in that opening sort of uh, collage monologue where, you know, Captain Marvel was someone who disappeared for such a long period of time on earth. And what was she doing? Well, she was probably saving other Other planets planets. and And the way that Captain Marvel even talked about that in the, the Avengers movies where like it's the Avengers. Awesome. That's great world building. It's great world building. And then even little moments. I wanted to quickly mention the thing I like the most, I think is where Kamala and Bruno specifically Kamala is sort of coming up with a plan to um, yeah. escape her, her, her house and go to Avengers con. And what I found fascinating with this is that she creates this kind of heist on a blackboard and in the, the opening, execution of that is great. Well, the execution right. is great, but thinking where she got that from is probably in the opening monologue when she references listening to the Scott Lang podcast <laughs> Yeah, and thinking like, yeah. okay, like that's probably again, like when you were a kid, you absorb so much of your influences and the way that you act and behave through the things that you love. Yeah, and that really absolutely. does come through. Absolutely. Uh, I thought her powers looked really dope. Like I know some people were really worried about that because they changed her powers from what they are in the comics. So like, what are they in the comics? Uh, they're more like her kind of like Mr. Fantastic where she, um, her body actually stretches and moves and basically she can grow her hand to be super large into a, a giant fist and like her body is actually morphing and, and doing the things where in this which that would have actually like, been better as like uh you know a puberty reference or a metaphor totally but i think because of fantastic four coming up soon that the powers are a little too similar um to the point where they probably wanted to differentiate them and probably make them more connected to captain marvel a little bit um where i like that they're a little bit more cosmic in this and a little bit more green lantern e where it's almost like this bangle that she wears is kind of like a green lantern ring where she can kind of create anything she imagines 
um, with this cosmic power in this bangle. So whether it's like things, platforms she can jump on, or they have the very classic Miss Marvel, like giant fist kind of thing. But she, it's in this kind of, you know, uh, very hot right now the pink and blue kind of uh, it's almost like a diamond like, or like yeah like it, it has like a stone encrusted kind of quality and it's yeah. mostly and it triggered cool. in like dire situations or when she like because she's still learning how to use these powers and like the history of them i'm sure is going to be explained in the next couple of episodes but that's that's another thing as well i think you could be more forgiving with an origin story that you're not as familiar with a yeah. character like someone like batman who you've seen in multiple iterations you don't need to see that story Martha over and over shot again. again no exactly where with this it's like okay I, i'm not really that familiar with with miss marvel's backstory so at least it's kind of refreshing from the point of view of at least it's a new character that you haven't seen much of if any outside of the comic comic books at all so like yeah. that kind of also helps as well and the guys who directed um bad boys for life um directed the the first yeah. was it the first two episodes or yeah. the first episode? uh the first and the finale so adil l arby and bilal uh falal um are the directors and they directed the premiere and then mira manon uh manon uh directed the second episode and then it kind of mira manon directs the third one then Charmin uh, Obai Shinoi directs four and five and then the the bad boys for life directors come back and do the finale and they're also the bad boys for life guys, um, Adil and Bilal. Um, they're also they also directed uh, Batgirl, which is kind of interesting yes, as well. They did, yeah. I forgot that they are the ones doing Batgirl, so they're doing both. They got the uh, they got the James that DC Gunn and effect. Marvel yeah. money. <laughs> they got the James Gunn effect where they're going, uh, they're they're swinging. I guess that other dude that directed, you know, the the big ones, but we won't talk about him. But um, yeah, I, that's really cool. I, I'm, we still I'm very talk about Bruno though. We do, especially in this. So uh, that's cool that they're doing. Um, you know, I, I can't wait to see Brendan Fraser in that and and, and Michael Keaton. But um, yeah, man, I thought they did a great job. Like I, I thought both episodes were really, really solid. I hope it kind of. I know it will lead into the Marvels, but like I do hope it kind of stays at this lower level like i don't necessarily need it to be this big event that's going to attack jersey or new york or something like that like i hope it's something a little bit more personal to lower stakes lower stakes that like it's big stakes for her but not necessarily big stakes for the universe or the city or anything like that because i feel like she will get that in the marvels right like yeah or if you're gonna do if this is a continuing series get bigger or elevate the stakes sure. as you go along. Like that's why again, homecoming works so well because homecoming there, there still are like the Mike, the Michael Keaton character in that is very threatening as, as, as vulture. But at the same time, very it felt like to Peter. Yeah. Yeah. It, it kind of felt like, okay, well, Peter's also worrying about, you know, the prom and Peter's also yeah. worrying about his aunt may. And also thinking about like, what's he going to do, you know, post high school and also now having, Tony Stark in his life is a mentor and kind of surrogate uncle. Um, and so like those things all play a role And the same thing with, you know, with Kamala, like it feels like there are things like, okay, you know, um, being accepted within her community, but also um, finding time to enjoy high school, especially if she's in her senior year, um, having a crush on somebody and yeah. like working through that. And also just figuring out like, again, like, 
does she want does to Riz in- Ahmed exist in the MCU? yes yes so that's another thing so <laughs> sorry so I didn't mean there, to there's a reference to uh the the sweatshop, sweatshop boys, boys uh yeah. which Riz Ahmed is a part of the group as uh MC you hear Riz. him in this like you hear his voice and so thinking that also that Riz Ahmed was in Venom and then the which director is of- technically part of the MCU yes and then the director of Mogul Mowgli is directing Blade so it's like this weird like imploding universe um, and but he could yeah. possibly be in Blade because of that. We don't. Yeah, knows, but as but like, Riz Ahmed. Yeah, that would be. Um, but yeah, but going back to just like again, like there's this whole sort of thing where where the mom is talking about how you know do you want to be like your 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 great grandmother like living in the clouds and fantasizing all the time or do you want to be here and embrace who you are and it's like well why can't you do both Both. and like i kind of feel like that's going to be like finding the balance between the two yeah it's awesome man yeah i'm i'm all in i think it 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 is like i needed something a little bit lower stakes i needed something a little bit more fun um especially after multiverse of madness and moon knight and um you know i'm excited with ms marvel and what seems to be thor love and thunder i mean obviously gore the god butcher is a a dark villain but with taika directing and and how colorful and 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 funny i'm sure that movie will be like we're in that lighter stage of the mcu right now which is kind of nice um and i'm very very excited for more ms marvel i can't wait to watch more yeah i i'm i'm in that same category where it just felt like i was having fun again with the mcu and that it wasn't all doom and gloom even the build up to like as much as i love wandavision there there's a lot there to process in terms of trauma and yeah. grief and emotions where this there there are things that are serious and to, to kind of again think about but at the same time it's not afraid to have fun and it's not afraid to take it from the point of view of a child and or not a child but a, a teenager, teenager and and, and yeah. be sort of open to you know making the tone feel like it is coming from the point of view of a teenager and like that it's something that it works here like if this were to be the same sort of style or aesthetic for iron man or thor i don't know if it would work as well and it no, might yeah. be obnoxious but because it is coming from the point of view of a, of a young woman it works. And like, yeah. again, like it's just more relatable because you I, know, you've either yeah. gone through it or going through it or will be going through it. And so that makes it more um, fun, but also in, in emotionally invests you in, in this world. Yeah. I want to give a special shout out. I love the guy who plays her guidance counselor. I loved those scenes. Um, there is a character that shows up here that I was surprised to see. I don't know if that person's been in any trailers or anything. Um, I have some theories about that. That was interesting. Um, and uh, the one last thing I want to say is like, I, I loved this character so much. It made me very excited for either a young Avengers or just, I can't wait until Kamala, Kate Bishop and Peter Parker kind of like all share a scene together. Cause I just, uh, I think those three are just so good. Like I didn't love Hawkeye, but I, I, I love Haley Steinfeld so much. And I think she's so great as Kate Bishop that I like those New York based characters that are a little bit younger. Like, I think that'll be a lot of fun, whether you do young Avengers and you could even have Peter Parker be a part of, uh, you know, he's obviously a veteran when it comes to all of this stuff, but like, well, you also him, have um, Ant-Man's like, daughter coming up yep. as well, right? Like Kate, uh, they're definitely leading Kate into Lindy. young Avengers. And I don't know whether Kamala being part of that or not because of her being part of the Marvels, but, um, 
I, I would love to see a Young Avengers, whether it's a show or, or a movie. And I'm, I'm very curious to see how this leads into the Marvels or even Secret Invasion, right? Because I feel like Secret Invasion with having um, Nick Fury being a, a huge part of that. Um, and obviously Nick Fury, I think he's also confirmed for the Marvels that like I think all those three things will tie in to one another um quite a bit so i'm curious to see how that all kind of plays out but and what the um, overall game plan is like yeah. again we you know there there was when kevin feige kind of like was building up to something there was always like okay we're we're going to get an avengers film yeah we're going to get well, right now like, we it, it just kind of feels like okay this could go anywhere like we could do young avengers we could do the midnight suns or whatever we could do it's all- really interesting yeah. yeah and like we're in a we talk about this every time we review a, uh, an mcu thing but like it i guess the biggest thing which i think we can talk about now because it's been long enough is the post-credit scene for shang chi right like that was the one where it seems like it was the thing that was leading into um, whatever the big thing was, right? Because you had Captain Marvel show up, you had Bruce Banner show up, and said and welcome was, to the to uh, the team, right? Team, and you also had um, Wong showing like some sort of cosmic thing, like a you know the rings in in Shang Chi set off something, and whether that's connected to the Bengal here in 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 Ms. Marvel, or like maybe you had a great point, Eric, of like there are all these items, historical items, whether that plays into the multiverse or whether that plays into like it. It like seems the like there's a shanti. There's a bunch of different threads right now where it clearly looks like they're leading into multiverse stuff, whether that's Secret Wars or or whatever, and then you have you know the other side. Young Avengers, you have Midnight Suns, like you mentioned, but it, it, uh, Secret Invasion is obviously going to be a big thing. Um, and I'm it's curious because like we're now, you know what? I know the pandemic kind of threw a wrench into things. So well, the like, continuity, right, in terms of how things were being that released. like even Doctor just, Strange was supposed to come before Spider Man No Way Home, yes. right? And if you if you just look at the MCU where it is now, we're almost on year fifteen, right? Like, and by Jesus. year ten. <laughs> Uh, by year 10 of the MCU, we already kind of had, we were leading into Infinity War and Endgame, right? So There like, was always an um, Endgame in sight, right? Yeah. There was always something, you were always building to that that final battle. Where this, they haven't revealed that yet. Yeah, we're getting a, a, a Thor movie coming up, um, you know, She-Hulk, uh, a Black Panther sequel, and then, you know, uh, the Marvels is coming. Uh, Blade is supposed to be shooting this summer um but it all feels very individual right now right like and i think that's where some people and i think that's fine it's just you you set the expectation for people that this is all interconnected and it leads to a bigger story like even if it's like an avenger movie every what they were every three years or something like that but even now though you can do the multiverse thing where you can have multiple characters team up and it's maybe not the big battle like yeah. an avengers battle but it's kind of like the next best the thing it's the penultimate them, right? battle yeah. or something like that like uh, we're getting a lot of pairs and i feel like or or people showing up in another property from another franchise or another movie it's just like is it leading to a new avengers movie because kevin feige always said like endgame was the last avengers movie and i'm like okay you could just call it new avengers like they do in the comics and you're like it's not an avengers movie it's we don't want to get it confused with new mutants either <laughs> yeah um or secret Avengers. And there's all those, like what I'm fascinated. We're getting, 
uh, off the rails, but I, I think every time a new MCU thing comes out, we kind of it's another do, piece of the puzzle, this. right? Yes, and like there was that rumors. Remember, Chris Evans like signed on to come back, like as Captain America. That hasn't officially been announced, but like Deadline and Variety reported on that that he signed a deal to come back and and play Captain America again. Well, there's that, also the the, the um, Captain America movie with Anthony uh, Mackie. So, that's in so does Chris right? Evans? You know, a multiverse version of him play a factor into that? There were rumors that he might be playing the hydra version of captain america from the multiverse or whatever right and like that could be cool or you do a a prequel movie of him uh you know during his time with black widow during uh when they were the secret avengers with falcon in between uh infinity war and endgame and um yeah there's a lot of stuff you could go and like i i, I don't know where it goes but i'm excited and i it's we say this all the time. Like I'm most interested when they're doing something different and like, it is nice when they're, you know, it has to be familiar and, you know, even Miss Marvel is familiar. It's an origin story. We've seen the teenage superhero thing before. There are a lot of things that feel unique about it and um, it feels like its own thing. And, you know, when they just start doing the same thing over and over again, it starts to get a little derivative and a little kind of stale and so far so good. Uh, I feel like, more often than not they've they've tried to do something different and it usually works but um they fumbled here and there like i didn't love moon knight i didn't love eternals so like i feel like what if even i didn't really care that much about so like they can still fumble a little bit but um at least they're kind of taking swings and i'm you know thor will be familiar and 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 fun but um i'm excited to see you know there are rumors with the fantastic four they're still trying to find a new director there the latest rumor, I think, um, was that they want a big name for it. Like they, well, like, they want a genre like, director, right? Because they had such a success with Sam Raimi coming back. I didn't. Like I think it was somebody. genre. I thought it was just someone who was established, so they didn't have to kind of babysit them. Because Marvel got into like a, a thing where Kevin Feige is the one running the show, right? So they yeah. hire a lot of up and comers, and then they have to get a B team that shoots a lot of the action. And Kevin then the Feige new, and is then, Galactus in this situation, essentially, right? So I think with the Sam Raimi thing, what everyone was saying is like he enjoyed that because he could just let Raimi do it. Cause Raimi's been doing this for a long time. He's done big superhero movies. He, but Raimi's also a company movie. guy. Like, he's yeah, gonna, totally. He's so I think ride that's line. the kind of guy that they want to find or girl or woman is just like, um, they want to find someone I think that will still play it within what they want them to do, but almost established enough where they can kind of like, all right, let let them go and just and make Fantastic Four without having to hold their hand throughout the whole thing. And like, you know, holding someone's hand works sometimes too when you hire a like Lady know, an Gaga, up, an up and coming filmmaker, <laughs> an up and coming filmmaker, something like that. I, I'm fat. I can't like. That's why I think. Well, because that I'm, was the thing, right? Recruit somebody who just had like a Sundance movie that was like their first or second film and then get them to do a Marvel movie or a, a Jurassic Park film or a blockbuster of some kind. But now it seems like, okay, well, some of the best stuff that they've been making Marvel-wise anyways has been when they've hired someone like Shane Black, Sam Raimi, or James Gunn um, to direct these movies. You yeah. know, even Chloe Zhao, which we didn't love the Eternals. I mean, she's no slouch. So it's like- But she put her somebody, own stamp on it and she knew what she was doing. Yeah, yeah. hire somebody that has the experience- and, and doesn't need to re- like 
but again, like that's the other thing. It's like there some directors are very picky when it comes to like they're going to want final cut and they're not yeah, going to get or it. a little bit more decision. Kevin Feige, Kevin Feige's. I agree. Final cut, so. And I think that like with the amount of stuff they're making, he's probably realizing that he's probably spread pretty thin, and he needs to let people go off and make it without him being involved in every step of the way it's ultimately going to be his say at the end of the day like you just said but i feel like he maybe with some of these newer people it's a learning curve right and it probably takes a little bit more time to get them acclimated to a big gigantic budget movie and then you usually have someone else shooting all the action sequences and, and things like that so um yeah it's i'm fascinated to see who they'll get for fantastic four i'm sure they tried to get um krasinski and he probably was like ah maybe i'll act in it but i don't know if i want to direct it um because he seems like the guy he's done you know a couple big movies now and and seems like the obvious choice without giving too much away of certain movies but like that or answer um, now yeah sure yeah <laughs> are we getting that inhumans reboot or what <laughs> No, who knows? Not. I mean, he's he's doing quite well uh, on the new. Oh, Star he's Trek killing series, it! Yeah, so. I mean, I don't watch uh, the new Star Trek, but uh, New Frontiers is that what it's yeah. called? Um, but I've heard he's good in it. It's Captain and, Pike. Anyways, we're getting way off track. But uh, Miss Marvel, I, 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 yeah, I think Miss like the other thing. I mean, again, we've only seen two episodes, but what I also really like about Vlani is I feel like she is much more comfortable as the character than say Brie Larson was yes. as Captain Marvel in that first movie. Where again, I, I don't want to like Brie Larson. Obviously, is Brie Larson. She's 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 great. She's an Oscar winner. She's done good work, but it really did feel like like she was being kind of thrown into a situation where she didn't have time to really kind of connect with the character or find that ground. And it kind of felt awkward. I mean, on top of also, again, the toxic fandom of, of, you know, male fans specifically, but with, with Milani, like it just feels like, obviously like, you know, they're they're using the whole narrative of her, like dressing up as, um, you know, Miss Marvel for Halloween that one year and being a true fan. But like, it really does feel like, as soon as you see her and you kind of get to know her in that first episode that it just kind of feels like the character and the performance click completely in a mm-hmm. way that it just you immediately really gelled with, yeah. with Brie Larson and, and, and Captain Marvel. Yeah. But I'm excited for the three of them in, in the Marvels. Like um, I think that will be, and Nia DaCosta is great too. So like I'm, I'm definitely down for that. So I'm excited, excited. We got four more episodes left. It'll be weekly. I did confirm it's just the first episode on Wednesday. Um, and then it'll be weekly after that. So and the CanCon um, stuff as well. Simu yeah, Liu, so all and, much Toronto uh, and, and yeah. CanCon, Can yeah. Ivan uh, Vellani and then Tatiana Maslani. So it's like, yeah, you're just getting literally like Canadian actors. Yeah, like local roles. Toronto people to be like. I, we I knew them maybe, with. Yeah, I think uh, Tatiana might be. Is she from Toronto or Vancouver? I forget. But I like, think she was um, born in in uh, Western Canada, but then moved to because Toronto. a lot of Orphan Black was shot here and stuff, yeah. right? And then um, we'll talk about you know those trailers on the most uh, recent Untitled Movie podcast. So we'll talk about She Hulk. We'll talk about Thor. We missed the Mission Impossible uh, uh, Rogue, not uh, a Dead Reckoning trailer, and a bunch. How of dare other you stuff. forget so, that amazing title? Uh, it's amazing. Um, so go check that out as well. Um, one-stop shop for everything head over to letterboxd at uh, untitled underscore movies all of our links to our video reviews and 
uh, podcasts are over there. Um, as always, my name is Matt Rohrbeck. You can find more of my work around the internet, but mostly at untitledmoviepodcast.com. And you can follow me on all those social medias at Matt Rohrbeck. And I'm Eric Marchin. You can find more of my video reviews on rogerstv.com slash scene and on the social medias at EM6211. Until next time. Miss Marvel joins the Avengers in the Avengers being the New Jersey superheroes, Bon Jovi, The Boss, and The Sopranos. Okay. All right. <laughs>